Welcome to A Beggar Who Found Bread. I am Brad Alexander, your host and resident beggar. I found the bread of life, Messiah Yeshua, and I'm letting others know where I found this bread that they may immerse themselves in it. This episode, To Da River. And yes, I said To Da River. Give it up for T-Bone on the title to this episode. T-Bone is a bilingual rapper, pretty popular through the 90s and early 2000s. He's still around doing his thing. The song, To Da River, is from the movie Fighting Temptations, starring Cuba Gooding Jr. and Beyonce Knowles. That was back when she still had a last name. T-Bone actually played a role... In the movie, he was a convict, and he and some of his fellow inmates were brought in to help a church choir win a competition. The only good thing about this movie is the soundtrack, for real. Okay, Mike Epps, he's pretty funny. He's got some funny lines in that. He's kind of funny in anything he does. But for real, just check out the soundtrack. It's got the four tops on it, Shirley Caesar. There's some good old gospel songs on there. Nice stuff. Anyway, you can check that out when you get time. I encourage you. Don't waste two hours on the movie, though. You'll be mad at yourself. All right. You know it. It's not about the movie or the music. It's about the message to the river. We have been going through a study series focusing on the basics of the faith, the milk, as the writer of Hebrews defines it. So for a quick refresher, let's look at Hebrews chapter 5. We'll start at verse 11 and read through chapter 6, verse 3. About this subject, there is more for us to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become sluggish in hearing. For although you ought to be teachers by this time, again, you need someone to teach you the basics of God's sayings. You have come to need milk, not solid food. For anyone living on milk is inexperienced with the teaching about righteousness. He is an infant. But solid food is for the mature, who through practice have their senses trained to discern both good and evil. Therefore, leaving the basic teaching of the Messiah, let us move on toward maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of trust in God, of teaching about immersions, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. Now this we will do if God permits. The writer is telling these people that because they have fallen out of practice in these basic teachings, their hearing is sluggish. And now, while they should be teachers making disciples, they need to be fed milk again. He doesn't want to lay this foundation again, but he has to. He'd rather move on from milk and bring some solid food, but he can't because of their present condition. So we see a list of six Elementary teachings of the Messiah, repentance from dead works, trust in God, teaching about immersions, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. These are milk, according to the writer, baby food, basics for followers of the Messiah. So we discussed why the basic list didn't include things like believing God is the creator or following, uh, observing the Sabbath, or loving God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and loving your neighbor as yourselves. These were things which were ingrained in followers of Judaism. Those who, so those things were unnecessary to lay at all as a foundation. Remember, this book, this book or this letter was written to Hebrew followers of the Messiah Yeshua. So, 
a lot of that stuff, they're all well-versed in it. Looking at the order of the list, I've pointed out, and it seems very much to be a linear step-by-step teaching through the gospel. So thus far, we have looked at the first step, repentance from dead works, which is repentance from our sin. The wages of sin is death. Works of death are sin. So we covered repentance from our sin, turning from sin and turning to the ways of God and repenting in the name of Yeshua. That's in the ABC episode. The last episode, we explored trust or faith in God in the name of Yeshua. And that's the Don't Stop Believing episode. You can check those out if you have not yet. Check, out, check them out and kind of pick up with us. The next serving of milk is teaching about immersions or baptisms. So as we go through today's topic, there are some, after you hear all of what we're going to go through, who might ask, do I need to be baptized again? So I suggest you first study to show yourself approved of God. Don't just take my word for it. But if in the light of Scripture and the conviction of the Holy Spirit, I encourage you, do whatever God is leading you to do. All right, so what is baptism or immersion? Well, quite simply, it is immersion in water, and this specifically in the name of Messiah Yeshua. This is not a Christian development or idea. Ceremonial washings and immersions have been a part of Judaism from very early on. You can study through the Torah and you, and you will see very clearly. So the Gospels and Epistles do have much to say about baptism. Romans 6 has explicit teachings on what baptism into Messiah Yeshua means. So we're going to read this, this whole chapter, Romans chapter 6. If you've got a Bible, open it up and follow along. If not, take the time later to read through it. Romans 6, starting at verse 1. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may abound? May it never be. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us who were immersed into Messiah Yeshua were immersed into his death? Therefore, we are to, we were buried together with him through immersion into death in order that just as Messiah was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have become joined together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also will be joined together in his resurrection, knowing our old man was crucified with him so that the sinful body might be done away with. So we no longer serve sin, for he who has died is set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Messiah, we believe that we also we shall also live with him. We know that Messiah, having been raised from the dead, no longer dies. Death no longer is master over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So also continually count yourselves both dead to sin and alive to God in Messiah Yeshua. 
Therefore, do not let sin rule in your mortal body so that you obey its desires. And do not keep yielding your body parts to sin as tools of wickedness, but yield yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your body parts as tools of righteousness to God. For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? May it never be. Do you not know that whatever you yield yourselves as slaves for obedience, you are slaves to what you obey, whether to sin resulting in death or obedience resulting in righteousness? But thanks be to God that though you were slaves of sin, you wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching under which you were placed. And after you were set free from sin, you became enslaved to righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you yielded your body parts as slaves to uncleanness and lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now yield your body parts as slaves to righteousness resulting in holiness. For when you were slaves of sin... You were free with regard to righteousness. So then what outcome did you have that you are now ashamed of? For the end of those things is death. But now having been set free from sin and having become enslaved to God, you have your fruit resulting in holiness and the outcome is eternal life. For sin's payment is death But God's gracious gift is eternal life in Messiah Yeshua, our Lord. Amen. So that's a very thorough breakdown by the Apostle Paul on the significance of baptism into Yeshua. And there is so much in there. There's... Uh, There's probably a year's worth of episodes in that one chapter. It's amazing. So how important is baptism into Messiah? Well, it's really important. We can see from that chapter from the Apostle Paul, but Yeshua refers to his death as a baptism, immersion. Mark chapter 10, beginning at verse 35. Then Jacob and John, the sons of Zebedee, come up to him saying, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, let us sit one on your right and one on your left in your glory. But Yeshua answered them, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup I drink or endure the immersion I must endure? They said to him, we are able. And Yeshua said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and you will endure the immersion I must endure. But to sit on my right or left is not mine to grant. It is for those for whom it has been prepared. So Yeshua is comparing his death to baptism or baptism to his death. Both the cup, right? The cup, the cup when we we break the bread and we share the cup, celebrating the body and the blood of Messiah Yeshua, both the cup and the immersion are references to his death. And he does, he lets, he lets uh, Jacob 
and John, or some, some of your Bibles may say James and John, um, he lets them know that they are going to, they're going to drink the cup and they are going to be baptized with that baptism, meaning they're going to be martyred for their faith. They will die for their faith. So baptism is absolutely a big deal. And I'm telling you, if ever I hear someone call it dunking again, I might just lose my mind. I actually heard someone say that years ago, they were baptizing someone and they asked, okay, are you ready to get dunked? And it was all I could do not to jump out of my skin. Like, let's not minimize this in the least what is going on here. I just, yeah, never. No, not even. And, you know, if someone ever refers to communion or the Lord's, you know, the Lord's Supper as a snack, I would do the same thing. I like have to get up. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we'd have some words just so you know. So if you don't understand the significance of baptism, then honestly, you need to back off until you do. You, you need to understand the significance of it. The apostle John says that there are three that bear witness. There is the water, the spirit, and the blood. And it's, it's more than just a formality. This is more than just, just a, a quick ceremony. Um, and and it, there's just such incredible depth to it. So is this all, all what the writer of Hebrews is talking about as the basic elementary teaching of Messiah? So as with the other basic teachings, the Jews, those who, those who were followers of Judaism are really adept with immersions. And it's actually one of the signatures of Judaism, ceremonial immersions and washings. Present-day archaeologists find one of the easiest indicators of whether an uncovered site was a Jewish settlement or not is based on the presence of mikvahs, the pools that were dug for the ceremonial washings. Mikvahs are, again, yeah, those are, those are the pools. And so when they find those, when they, at a dig site, when they start finding mikvahs, they know this was a Jewish settlement. And they're found all over the place, of course, in Israel and in other places in the Middle East as well. If you recall, the pool of Siloam, where Yeshua told the blind man to go wash after restoring his sight, go wash, washing the mud off. The pool of Siloam is a very, very large mikvah. So, as with the first two basics, repentance of, from dead works and faith in God, we see Judaism, again, is well-versed in number three on this list, immersions. So, is this like the first two on the list, and they just simply needed to understand, you know, regardless of previous ceremonial immersions that you may have gone through, you need to be immersed into Yeshua. That's probably a piece of this elementary doctrine. I'm not discounting that at all. But I believe there is more to this than that. So I want to review for a moment the other five basics from Hebrews 6. They are repentance from dead works, faith or trust in God, laying on of hands, resurrection from the dead, and eternal judgment. Of the other one, we read teaching about 
immersions. One of these things is not like the other. This one says teachings about immersions, and some other versions say doctrine of baptisms. So why not just baptisms? And also, actually, why not just baptism, singular? So there's much that the modern church does with baptism that really doesn't line up with the whole of Scripture, and including the 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 whole ceremony, the public ceremony with it, um, the baby baptisms, sprinkling, except when a pool, a, a mikvah, or a body of water is not available. Um, there are there are some exceptions. Um, even even doing a baptism only once. First. Let's address the plural of the word baptisms, because yes, the Greek word is baptismon, which is plural of baptisms or it's immersions. This caused a lot of grief with some of the translators because it wasn't singular, leading some translators like those who did the ESV to translate as instructions about washings. And so the implication by those translators uh, is that the writer of Hebrews was instructing these Jewish followers of the Messiah to stop ceremonial washings. And that's not the case at all. In that assessment, what we see is more influence for a separation of Judaism and Christianity. And there is no Christianity apart from Judaism. Can't be separated. No roots, no fruit. It refers to baptisms in Messiah. Now, yes, I know the Apostle Paul said that there is one faith and one baptism. No argument here. There is one baptism. I believe that. The one he described in Romans 6. That doesn't mean you only do it once in your life, though. There is nothing in the scriptures that says, that says, do it once only. And I believe if one is rededicating themselves to the faith through Yeshua or consecrating themselves for a specific time of intentional prayer and fasting, that immersion would be in order or following a time of repentance. This is some of my understanding regarding baptisms for followers of Yeshua. Okay? Now, I want to get back to the other point because that speaks to the plural word baptisms, the teachings of of baptisms. But to the other point, which I think is a big point of this baby food milk as well, teachings about immersions or doctrines of baptisms. So why does just this one say doctrines of or teachings about? The others, it just says what the specific item is. So once again, the Jews would have, they would have that stuff down as far as immersions go. So what doctrines or teachings is, are, are being referred to here? How about the teachings or doctrines before one gets baptized? Another thing the modern evangelical church does is once they see a hand go up at an altar call, they either schedule that person for a baptism or they try and convince the person to do it right then at that moment, seizing the urgency of the moment. 
And in this, we have individuals who have been guaranteed a home in heaven, raising their hand at an altar call after offering up a prayer. And now let's get them into the baptismal pool, lake, or whatever body of water is available quickly. And the urgency, I believe, is caused by by a couple of things in Scripture. We do see some examples of people quickly being baptized. Philip and the Ethiopian. See, there is water. What prevents me from being baptized? Also, there was um, a jailer, the, the Philippian jailer. Um, he, he was baptized quickly. Cornelius and his household, they were, they were quickly bas- baptized. And so the thought has become, let's get them in the water with the quickness. And I, I do believe, and clearly scripture shows that that can be the case sometimes. But when you look at these examples, even the 3,000, that were saved on the day of Shavuot, Pentecost, they were, they were quickly baptized. Now there were, with Philip and the Ethiopian, there was some time hashing and reasoning through the scriptures that was done before, uh, before he was uh, baptized, before the, uh, Philip baptized the Ethiopian. Um, and, and the same, of course, with in Acts chapter 2, Peter went through a pretty thorough preaching taking them from pretty early on and and through the gospels and again those were those people to whom he was preaching they were Jews they were entrenched in Judaism so they understood a lot of these things and he put, he put it all together for them and they said what 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 must we do and he said repent in the name of messiah repent and be baptized in the name of messiah yeshua and they were and so they understood the ceremonial washings already. None of them, none of them said, hey, what, what? Be baptized? What does that mean? What are you even talking about? So they understood the things. And so I do believe that there are times when it can be done quickly. Um, you know, in the same way someone responds to an altar call needs to get some understanding of the significance counting the cost of the decision, these, these examples in scripture would have had that, they would have had that understanding of counting the cost. What does this mean? I am now making myself a disciple of this man, Yeshua, the Messiah. So they would, they would have an understanding of that and what all that meant. What is the significance of me being baptized in the name of Messiah Yeshua. So these people would have had an understanding of that. And a person being baptized into faith in God through Messiah Yeshua must have a grasp on what they are committing to. The church, modern times, and again, I know I'm using, I'm painting the whole church with one brush, and I know that's not the case. It's not everyone, but in general, is in such a rush to put something on the scoreboard that they force the issue. Quick, sign here. Trust me, it's all good. You don't have to read the fine print. No, 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 just just sign. It's all good. It's all blessings, bunnies, and butterflies from here on out. Just let me immerse you in water. And then, woohoo! yeah, someone go update our Facebook status. Let's go. You know, it's like in, in the movie Nacho Libre, when Jack Black's character was concerned about his partner uh, having not been baptized. So he kind of sneaks up on him and slams his face into water like, oh, OK, now, now it's all good. <laughs> Are we really? 
Like, what did that mean to the one being immersed? And so there has to be an understanding of what this is. So the teaching or instruction prior to being baptized, what exactly would that be? Man, I'm so glad you asked that question. And I am grateful that um, there, there's some light to be shed on this topic. There are three writings there's probably more, but I know of three writings from the early church that speak to this. They are the Apostolic Constitutions, which is dated somewhere around the third century, as I understand it. The writings in it actually can be dated back earlier um, as first and second century writings because the writings in that one reference only things from the Tanakh, the Old Testament, if you must. They reference only things from that. They're speaking to followers of Messiah Yeshua, but they don't reference any of the writings from uh, the Brit Hadashah, the New Testament. And so it appears that this was written prior to the canonization of any of the New Testament writings. Okay. So, um, so there is that. There's the uh, Apostolic Constitutions. Um, and then there is Justin Martyr's first apology, which is dated about 150 Common Era. Okay, so that's mid-2nd century. And then the third writing of the church is the Didache, spelled D-I-D-A-C-H-E. And you can get access to all of these documents online. You can find them. And the Didache is dated shortly after the fall of the temple in the year 70. This is a first century writing. And I've mentioned David Platt's book, Radical, and how it really motivated me. I want to find out how these people lived and how I'm supposed to live and how this is supposed to apply to me as a present-day follower of the Messiah Yeshua. And um, again, how can it, how can it be applied to my life? These writings give a peek into what was going on. Now, the full title of the Didache is The Instructions of the Master According to the Twelve Apostles for the Nations, or Gentiles. This is explaining, for those who did not have a background in Judaism, how people were to follow the Messiah. And the apostles are not supposed to have written this book. It wasn't written by them. It was written by other followers of Messiah as sort of a catechism, if you will. Please don't let that word scare you. Catechism, that sounds Catholic. No, it can't be. Just lighten up, Francis, okay? Catechism means a summary of teaching, which is what is found in these three writings an encapsulation of the teachings from Yeshua and the Torah. Justin Martyr's apology was written for the Roman emperor. It was actually written to the Roman emperor. It was an apologetic uh, writing, basically explaining to the emperor who the uh, Romans were persecuting Jews really bad, and they were persecuting Christians as well. So he was explaining the roots of, and basics of the faith, followers of Messiah, and why they were not a threat to the government. That's what, that's what Justin Martyr's uh, first apology was written as. The Didache is actually really short. 
it, it contains 14 chapters, but they're all, I mean, in most cases, they are filled with what we would call bullet points. They're very short and concise and direct and to the point. And there's something interesting with the Didache is that it seemingly disappeared for a while. Experts knew that it existed, but at some point, it just hadn't been around. People hadn't, they weren't seeing copies of it, and it just wasn't around for centuries. When it was discovered in 1873, a copy was was discovered of it. It's written in Greek. Well, when it started to be translated, the Catholics didn't like it because it didn't support their doctrines. The Protestants, the Reformed churches, didn't like it because it didn't support their doctrines. Orthodoxy, well, they didn't like it. They felt the same way. It didn't support their stuff. Basically, it was said, it, this reads like a Jewish document that someone Christianized. That was their opinion. And it's like, wow, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool. You're picking up what they're putting down. So... There are several translations of, of the DDK, and I'm sure with the others as well, um, as it, it was originally written in Greek, as I said. And so, of course, the translators uh, allow their preconceived notions to influence some of the verbiage in there. So finding the right one, you know, a, an accurate translation is very important. There's a book available on First Fruits of Zion, and now the name of it escapes me, but it's a breakdown of it. Um, Anyway, you can check that out. You'll be able to find it when you go to their website. But uh, so I want to share from it just a little bit pertaining to teachings before baptism, which is what we're talking about here from these basic milk baby food teachings. So it starts with the the book opens the DDK with two ways. There are two ways, one of life and one of death, but a great difference between the two ways. The way of life, then, is this. First, you shall love God who made you. Second, love your neighbor as yourself, and do, and do not do to another what you would not want done to you. And of these sayings, the teaching is this. Bless those who curse you, and pray for your enemies, and fast for those who persecute you. For what reward is there for loving those who love you? Do not the Gentiles do the same? But love those who hate you, and you shall not have an enemy. Abstain from fleshly and worldly lusts. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also, and you shall be perfect. Those words sound really familiar to most of us, I, I would hope, at this point, right? See, these... Those are the teachings of Yeshua that are in that are in the Didache. And another interesting point, because this the Didache again was written in the late first century. The book of Hebrews was written around the around the year 62, I believe. And then of course the temple falls in the year 70. And after that, this this writing is published. Um, and so, again, we see the teachings of Yeshua. The second chapter of the way of life, it starts. And the second commandment of the teaching, you shall not commit murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not corrupt boys. You shall not commit fornication. You shall not steal. You shall not practice magic. You shall not practice witchcraft. You shall not murder a child by abortion, nor kill that which is born. Like I said, it's kind of bullet points, and it goes through, and there is more and more and more from the Torah. Read through it. It's, it's in there, 
Okay, so the first four chapters speak of the way of life. And we can see the incorporation of the teachings of Yeshua and the Torah. The fifth chapter speaks of the way of death. And then the sixth says, not to let anyone lead you astray from the teaching. The seventh chapter, it reads and it talks about baptisms. So let's read it. Chapter 7 from the Didache. And concerning baptism, baptize this way. Having first said all these things, that's referring to the teaching in the first six chapters. Having first said all these things, baptize into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit in living water. But if you have no living water, baptize into other water. And if you cannot do so in cold water, do so in warm. But if you have neither, pour out water three times upon the head into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But before the baptism, let the baptizer fast and the baptized and whoever else can. But you shall order the baptized to fast one or two days before. So prior to being baptized into Yeshua, one had to understand what they were signing up for. Think of Yeshua's teaching on counting the cost. A king doesn't go to war without knowing the strength of his troops and what the enemy and that of the enemy. Otherwise, he'll get humiliated. And a person doesn't start building a tower without knowing their resources or they'll end up leaving it incomplete and be a laughingstock. You have to count the cost. And that's what these teachings are all about. So you understand, people would understand, followers of the Messiah must count the cost before being baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it was, it was never meant to be, say a quick prayer and be sprinkled or immersed. There is teaching that goes along with it. And you can see it even in the examples where people were baptized quickly. There's, a, there's, there's an understanding that's there. They, they have an understanding of what they are getting themselves into. And there, there has to be that understanding when you are immersed into the faith. Otherwise, again, you're just, you're signing a contract without even understanding what you're getting yourself into. And how committed are you to that? The Didache was written for Gentiles who had little or no knowledge of Judaism. So that particular teaching would not apply to the writer, uh, to the readers of the letter to the Hebrews. So, plus, it was again written after the book of Hebrews written was written. But it is evidence that there was instruction, teaching, or doctrine taught prior to one being baptized. It was not just a quick snap, 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 snap the fingers. And so the milk that the writer is referring to in this instance is knowing and committing to the basic rudimentary teachings of Yeshua and the Torah prior to being baptized into the faith. The initial baptism is your initiation into faith in God through Messiah Yeshua. You are, you are dying to yourself. As we read in Romans 6, you're dying to sin and raised up to live in new life following Messiah Yeshua as his disciple. 
We talk a lot about that in the teacher teacher episode. Yeshua is our rabbi and we are to follow him. And so if you're going to be baptized into being a disciple of the Messiah Yeshua, you need to know what you're getting into. One cannot be immersed into a faith they know nothing about. And remember, as these six items are the essentials of the gospel, these people who are supposed to be teachers, making disciples, they are being reminded of the steps in the gospel. Here is how you make disciples. It starts with repentance from sin in the name of Yeshua. There, there must be faith in the saving God through Yeshua followed by the teaching of baptisms, culminating with a baptism into the faith. Then the laying on of hands, resurrection from the dead, and eternal judgment. The teachings continue. And Lord willing, next time we will explore more of the basic teachings of Messiah Yeshua regarding the laying on of hands. I hope that this study is blessing you. As always, please study to show yourselves approved of God. If you know someone who could benefit from this series, by all means, share away. It is not meant to be hidden or hoarded. We beggars who have found the bread of life, Messiah Yeshua, are supposed to let others know where he may be found. We are to be teachers now, and I pray that we have the basic teachings down, that we are practicing these things, that we can go out and give them heaven. Thanks for your time. Shalom.